Would you like to reach our film and TV review podcast audience? Do you have a product or service of interest to film and TV home consumers or followers of the entertainment industry? Have a film or show production to publicize? For affordable price plans for all budgets, get in touch and find out about our introductory advertising options. Reach our audience of film and TV viewers and visit our site contact page at filmandtvreview.com, or you can email us at business at filmandtvreview.com. Reach out today. Welcome to filmandtvreview.com. Catch the latest film, TV and streamed show reviews every week. The views and opinions expressed by the authors and those providing comments are theirs alone. They do not reflect the views, opinions or position of film and tvreview.com or their respective parent companies or affiliates. Film and tvreview.com makes no representations as to accuracy, completeness, correctness, suitability, or validity of any information in this program and is for entertainment purposes only. Episodes may contain adult humor and language. For full terms and conditions see filmandtvreview.com. Hi, and uh, welcome to uh, cover a general additional review and joined by a few people who will, who will give their reviews of what they've seen this month, the highs and lows, some good series, some pretty bad series. But um, anyone would like to start or jump in? Uh, Mark, I know you've seen quite an interesting series on net. That's uh, mm. sumo yeah, wrestling one. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, sure. Thanks, Jason. Yeah, so it's uh, how everyone... It's me, Mark, regular here. Um, yeah, so one of the one of the series I've watched on Netflix is called Sanctuary. Um, so it's a Japanese series. Features a character who's appeared in Squid Games, um, which obviously I'm sure all of us are familiar with. Squid Games being a South Korean uh, series that kind of shot to fame, became um, you know well known all over the world. So one of the characters in that um, is the main character in, the, in this film, in this series, Sanctuary. It's basically about sumo wrestling. It's fictional about sumo wrestling. It's about a kind of bad boy who enters the world of sumo wrestling, kind of, um, you know, and, and is actually destined to go quite far in it. It's very good. Subtitles, um, very, very good, though. The trailer is what sort of drew me in. I was trying to think of something to watch for our, like to review for our YouTube channel. Um, I was going through, there wasn't really many films out. This uh, series happened to be out. Saw the trailer for it. I thought it's very good. Yeah, nearly finished it. Um, so it's about eight, eight episodes. Uh, most episodes are sort of under an hour. Um, so you know you can you can get it in. Don't know if any of it is based on a true story. I don't think it is, but it's it's very very good. So that's my recommendation in terms of series. Started watching today. I have to finish it, but it's good. So fairly, it's decent. It's decent so far. It's a new film on Netflix with Jennifer Lopez called. Um, I think it's called The Mother. It only came out yesterday, I think. She's kind of a CIA operative or, a sort of, well, a, a, a FBI type special ops kind of, uh, you know, ex special ops 
type. So your John Wick type um, character. I know he's an assassin, but that sort of type of character who is, but essentially retired, should we say, but has got people after her and has got a daughter uh, that she's got to protect. And that that's basically it in a nutshell. It's kind of like a standard action flick. It is a bit cliched, but it's a lot better than, than I thought it would be. Um, I saw the reviews. Reviews are kind of middle of the road or average, but it's actually fairly decent. Two other things planning to watch, but I haven't got around to watching them before this um, this meetup. But planning to watch are Air, just come out on on Amazon Prime. The story of um, Nike, I think, uh, or Nike if you're in the states, and um, Air Jordans, I believe, or Michael Jordan's relationship with them, and sort of all the deals that have gone on in the background. I think that's essentially what it is. Stars Ben Affleck among other people. And then one other series that caught my eye, which I will be um, looking looking out for, is a series on Netflix again, South Korean, um, kind of post-apocalyptic, again, very new. Just going to look up the name for um, for everyone. But yeah, about six episodes. Um, looks quite good. Sort of Fast and Furious type vibes in that it's all to do with racing. I mean, I know that you take that as you will. But um, yeah, Korean series, which is um, which is coming up. So that's basically my picks. Um, just trying to look for the name now. Don't think I'll be able to find it. But yeah, anyway, that's what I've seen. That's what I'm hoping to see. Okay. Um, thanks, Mark. Some mm. assumer one is intriguing. Um, how many episodes did that one? Eight episodes, Jason. Yeah, eight episodes, and essentially, um, yeah, he's like a just the series starts with the guy being kind of an average, run of the mill guy, not really um, doing much with his life. Sort of comes into sumo by by accident in in essence in essence what it is his his father um something happens to his father in terms of and he needs to raise medic uh, money for medical bills and uh, he's sort of because he's quite heavy he's quite you know on the heavy side in terms of his build is quite heavy he kind of accidentally comes across sumo hit at first he's quite undisciplined but you know as you see like it's a bit like you know rocky or more karate kid or any of these kind of uh, sort of like montage training type um you know, stories, he goes from being undisciplined and, you know, and sort of um, an outsider to really finding a passion for the sport. And it's very watchable. Yeah, very, very watchable. The trailer um, is a very good trailer. So, yeah, Sanctuary on Netflix. Recommend okay. it. Mm. And uh, the mother is, is the mother a film or a series? Film. Yeah, film. J-Lo uh, film. It clocks in at just under two hours. So it's a bit of a lengthy oh watch, but very, very cliched in that, you know, like, um, yeah, it, kind of like a female Jason Bourne type, that kind of, you know, that kind of kind of thing. But not bad, actually. Surprisingly, a lot better than I thought it would be. So um, I'll be giving oh, you a review for that, Jason. Okay, thanks for that mm. one. Uh, mm. I'll, I'll just mention quickly, I saw a series related to that, which um, I think uh, is this. It's Citadel, mm. the amazing, the expensive series on Prime about uh, two agents who work for an organisation, but then they lose their memory and then they wake up in a different life, and then, but they find each other again, and then they find out they, uh, the people they're working for is not what they seem, or, or almost. But you basically tick every box of every spy series you've seen over the last 10 years, and just put it all in there, and then see what comes out. Um, it's very expensive, very... It's, I think it's the Russo brothers who produced it, but there's a lot of behind the scenes um you know script changes and so forth so um but yeah it's again it reminds me of the the gray man which they did about a year and a half ago two years ago yeah very expensive but the story is just daftly old it's like 
oh, strangely why you do this. No edge to it at all. It's just, but it's like very by the numbers, and and not, you know, it, it it seems a shame when you've got a relatively good cast, uh, but really kind of wasted. You've got Stanley Tucci in it as well, who's always who seems to be really enjoying himself, just giving out ridiculous dialogue and and smirking all the way through. But um, but yeah, I'm addicted. I'm a fan, so I will be watching all day. So if I'm stuck. It's it's just strange to see when you see some strange choices in drama why they do it and how like you know what what's the theory behind it but that's what it is interesting that you said the mother is also out just like oh, sit there for these yeah spy thingy you know um but anyway and is that my... a poster of Citadel you've got behind you because it sort yes, of looks I put like it on my wall ad... it sort it of looks wall. like an advert from a jeweler's or something <laughs> I ah. put it. <laughs> it looks like yeah, it looks like they're selling jewelry, isn't it? Yes, yeah. it, it does look like it's selling jewelry. Um, it is. It's it's something to believe when you watch it, thinking, "Oh, this is a satire." No, oh, it's not. It's really strange. Anyway, um, but yeah, worthly worth just to sing. If you're studying screenwriting, say, "Oh my God, no! Why are you doing this?" No, it's like stuck in a bottle, a message in a bottle. Anyway, um, so um, I'll first go around the room. And I know some big titles that came out, so like that. But let's. Um, who'd like to to jump in with some some highlights or lowlights they've seen over the last few weeks, Alice? Um, James, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Um, I've seen stuff. Um, I think when I come on, Mark was talking about air. I don't know what you you felt about it, Mark. Um, if you were up or or down or in the middle. Well, I've actually yet to see it, James. Oh, so, you've yet um, to see it. Yeah, yeah indifferent at the minute. Yeah. So, I, I mean, it, it's obviously, well, it must be funded by Amazon because everybody's sort of shocked by how quickly it's on Amazon Prime Video because it, it did moder- yeah, moderately well. Edit that out, please, Jason. Uh, moderately well. But, I mean, it's not a blockbuster. It's just sort of a drama. Yeah. Um, I know some people, I, I've heard some people go, oh, you know, it's sort of like a, a story that is about a big shoe company. But I I thought considering it is a film about shoe, it's, it's really sort of it completely gripped me from start to finish it starts with um this brilliant montage of 1984 slash 1985 and i can't remember now but there's like clips of just everything like terminator back to lucha all the music from that time i think growing up in the late 80s early 90s nike was obviously the biggest company you know if you my mom was getting me whatever shoes were available and i wanted nikes because if you had nikes you were you know that was the the top brand but obviously that wasn't the case at the start. And I'm not really thought of that, that, you know, Run DMC had a song called My Adidas and and that was the big brand. So it's sort of like how they manipulate the the market and, and the sort of perceived wisdom of other brands being the top dog to sort of do this. And it, it's really well done. The way that Michael Jordan is or isn't portrayed in the film, I'll just say that I quite like. I know other people have had had like issue with it, but I think it works really well. It's very entertaining from start to finish. It's a good ensemble cast, really, like Viola Davis. Um, ben Affleck turns up and does some bits in it. And there's an actor who I can't think of his name. I think he's another Chris, because Chris Tucker's in it. But I think there's another Chris who's like a, like a CEO, maybe another company or a, an agent. And he just gets to do some really funny... It's a, it's a few months since I've seen it now, but he's like a really ranty agent. And he gets some really great sort of lines when he's like on the phone shouting... Uh, at Matt Damon and I wonder how much of that might have been improvised as well but yeah considering it's a it's a two-hour film essentially about shoes it is it is a really 
has like I said some great oh, reviews from the states. I'm hearing about it, but yeah, and like it's like the cinema still. In, yeah, in, in the and land. I'm not a basketball. Fan. The other thing to sort of say is like, I mean, my sporting knowledge isn't great anyway, but I in this country, you know, basketball isn't as big a thing as it is in America. But I did not feel that that was anything that went against the film at all. Um, it's it's really sort of like almost like just one of those workplace dramas. And there obviously must be a thing where Nike have had a say in what can and can't be in there. But there is like even a couple of lines of dialogue about the ethics of, you know, sort of um, how shoes are made and, and trainers are made and sort of maybe in, in other countries with, with lesser work laws. I mean, it's very it's very brief, but it is in there. Um, and it's much better than I thought it would be. Because when I saw the trailer, I was like, well, that I don't care if that cast is amazing. <laughs> I don't think that's going to be a good movie. Why has anyone made this? But I, yeah, I thought it was really fun. Chris Messina. Thank you, Andrew. Yes. He is. I think he steals every scene he Chris Messina. So I don't even know what else. Uh, I'm grateful it's on Prime because you guys mentioned it before. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, so I'm going to catch it. Definitely. Yeah. Um, talking about films that are on Prime. Um, I mean, I mean, there's a huge amount at the moment, but I notice um, Triangle of Sadness is on there, um, which I really liked. It's sort of like a black comedy, I suppose, is the best way to describe it. It's it's similar in theme to The Menu, but probably slightly different in approach. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels slightly more realistic. I think The Menu is almost like like a fever dream. It's almost like a, a sort of horror genre film. Like, if you started picking apart, how have they managed to find that many chefs that are in on what? Um, Ralph Fiennes is doing it, it falls apart it's kind of almost like just a bit of a weird sort of horror horror genre movie this sort of makes more sense I know some people have said it's like a, they felt it was a bit long um, but I think it's quite good it's almost like in three sections and there's an actor who I don't think is billed who turns up halfway through it's like oh cool that person's I think the lead actress in that this died as well um, I, I don't know how that happened but sort of last year just before the film came out she, she died and it was up for best picture but I think it's a really entertaining watch. And I think there's something interesting in the third act about how the dynamics in the group change. Um, I knew absolutely nothing going into the film. So I'd not even seen a trailer or anything. And by the way, it's a terrible title. It's the worst titles ever. But it is a really good film, I think. it's Again, it's really entertaining. Ralph Fiennes is kind of like, well, it was one of those, like, yeah, perfect for the role. It's kind of, it's kind of like, kind of controlling... Uh, or to chefs who, it starts out as one thing, it's kind of a satire on, you know, it's uh, exclusive menus. And when you put this kind of like on a pedestal, all these exclusive menus, very high concept works, but then it turns into a kind of a social kind of like on its head kind of thing. Uh, So so the menu is definitely more sort of aimed at um, almost like the pretentiousness of of that sort Mm, of thing. Triangle Sanders takes place on a cruise ship. But it sort of starts with a young couple, one of, I think they're both model. So there's a male model and a female model. And they're, they're going away on this crew. Um, and it, it just sort of follows them and the various occupants of, of the ship as, as you go along this very high class crew. Um, I think that there are there are themes about class in, in both of them, but I think they're addressed slightly differently. But they're, they're in the same ballpark of where they start, but I think they go off into quite different directions. So that's Triangle of Sadness. And I think that's on Prime for free. And my only my only other one that I was going to mention. Um, so I finished Dead Ringers on Prime Video. This is kind of a reboot or remake of the uh, 1988 David Cronenberg film with Jeremy Irons, which is on ITV X UK. Although 
ITVX, there's some great stuff on it, but the search bar does not work. If you go into films and just keep scrolling, eventually you'll find Dead Ringers. And obviously David Cronenberg's got that body horror kind of style that he goes with. Um, this new series, obviously it's a lot a lot more modern day, but you've still got basically two identical twins, this time both played by Rachel Wise. They're still called Beverly and Elliot, like they are in the original, or Elliot and Beverly, I should say. And um, they are gynecologists, and their relationship seems to be getting on okay until Beverly meets an actress. That's as far as the similarities go to start with, and then it veers off in something very different. It's very impressive, Rachel Weisz's performance. You always know which one she's playing, like you did with Jeremy Irons in the original. Um, and the editing as well is sort of seamless. Like, you you kind of forget 20 minutes in that you're actually watching two different actors together. Uh, or one actress playing two different roles. So you're kind of, you're just completely drawn into it and you completely believe these are two two different people. To the point that I've heard Rachel Wise interviewed this week and I was kind of thinking, why didn't they get the other one? Oh no, because they're both her. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, and it sort of builds, it's just very fun, very sort of darkly fun. And the final episode is really good. There's sort of like this um, feeling of tension throughout the whole thing. And you're like, where is this going to go? Where is this going to go? Um but they're, they're basically gynecologists and they're, they're trying to make things um, better. They've seen some terrible um, birthing cases and they've got this idea of, of creating this private hospital where people pay a lot of money and can kind of, kind of have the birth that they want. Um, Jennifer L comes in and she's sort of the the, the business manager who's going to bankroll them, essentially. And she's done this in the past, sort of playing uh, very sort of these sort of characters that wouldn't be out of place in succession or something like that. Um, but it's, it's six episodes. It's really entertaining. I think it's got a definitive ending. I've seen some people going, oh, should they do another series? No, they shouldn't. This, it, it's got a perfect ending, six hours, and it's almost like a six-hour film. But, um, yeah, definitely definitely worth a watch. And that's on Amazon Prime. Well, I was a big fan of the original. Obviously, I was thinking, oh, and it felt like, is this just going to be a you know a cash again? But some good reviews as it goes its own direction and reinterprets it. Um but uh, I'm glad it's a six-part series and it ends there, like a mini-series. I think sometimes they feel you have to be a series, but you don't. You can be like a mini, mini-series, mini which is basically beginning, middle, and end. Uh, yeah. And interesting, I did read about uh, ITVX. It's actually getting more, you know, clicks on it than, you know, Netflix. As Netflix, as we've read, Netflix and Disney, all the streaming channels seem to be losing a lot of subscriptions. Maybe kind of like a, as, as, as money is, gets tight, but apparently there is some really good content on, original content on ITVX. I've still got to finish off, I think it's called Nollywood, and I think that is showing kind of like a, the, the making behind the um, Crossroads team series, which was back in the day, but Written yeah, by Russell T. Davis as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh. written by Russell T. Davis. Oh, so some, so some, I, that's on my list. There's also a thing called Crime, written by Irving Welsh, who wrote the book Train Spotting. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so that I mean, just his name attached to that. I, I'm sure it won't be as extreme as Train Spotting if it's on ITV. <laughs> but I thought, oh, that that might be something for me to check out. And the other thing I've noticed just briefly on ITVX because ITV Hub was unused um, pretty much. But ITVX, if you go into the films each month, they've got a I don't know how long it is, but Jonathan Ross does a thing where he's kind of bigging up the films that are on the platform each month, which is always kind of good if you've got someone like him, quite a well-known reviewer, saying, hey, this film is available for free. Why don't you watch it? So I might try and start watching that, and then I'll probably watch it too late, and then they'll disappear. Because I don't know I don't know how long the films stay on there, but Dead Ringers, I probably watched about a month ago. The film 
the 88 film and it's still on there at the moment so yeah yeah. that's still worth watch jimmy irons in that one uh right uh thanks james right um andrew hi andrew uh yeah, I don't know if anyone else wanted to say something. I don't know. Um not like sure. My cousin's well, we'll come back Andrew. to them when they have you. But we'll just yeah, we'll just go around the room quickly and to any new Oh, okay. All right. That's fine. Uh yeah, because I, I was thinking of there's really not a whole lot that I've really seen that I mean, I'm trying to think. There's actually um one film I think it's actually out now in some places. I, I saw like a maybe a special thing where I, was, I guess advanced screen i guess you could call it um but the movie uh, blackberry which is a drama based upon real life events uh canadian film and it's about a canadian product called the blackberry uh which i don't know if it still exists but it was um a handheld it was a mobile device back before that was really a thing and it came out in the 90s and it's big you know in the late 90s into the uh I guess the ops, I guess the 2000s up until maybe the 2000 teens. Um, and it had like a thing, you would, like a keyboard, mini keyboard. Uh, so it wasn't like, it wasn't like one of these. There was like an actual keyboard on it and you hear the clicking noise. So this movie is a dramatization of the basically the real life spoilers, rise and fall of this company, of this, of this product. And uh, I guess it gets compared a lot to things like social network like the Steve Jobs biopic or things like that, because it's dealing with high tech or uh, internet technology, all those things, uh, techies. But uh, but yeah, it's a pretty good film, and it kind of shows how these characters change over time. And as the company becomes successful, they become different, and it's just some of these characters are just sort of like they become very competitive and they start to lose sight of things so uh yeah for something that's just about a well it's not just about the device and you, you think oh it's about this device it's not really interesting but it's like the social network other films like that were is more than just about a social media thing or a technology uh or even like older films like like not older films but like films about older things like imitation game or things like that you know it's not just about technology or scientists or science it's about the people behind them and and it's uh yeah yeah it's um it was a pretty good film and uh i actually went to a, a showing where they had the director and so because his name is i think matt johnson is his name he's also in the film he's one of the main characters so uh, so yeah and he was kind of a colorful character so it's also the uh, thing about it is that it's canadian film and you know, to think of the Canadian films as a thing. I mean, there's a lot of U.S. films that are filmed in Canada, but there are actual Canadian films. So this is uh, this is one of them. And BlackBerry was a Canadian product. So so that's something I uh, saw. And other than that, uh, not a lot else. Uh, I know there's um, a lot of talk about stuff about HBO Max. It's going to become this new streaming thing called Max. Um, so I was just wondering what's going to happen with a lot of the content, uh, and, uh, especially also there's something called the CW and a lot of those shows are kind of coming to an end because that network has been sold by Warner to, uh, this company called Nextstar. So they're getting a lot rid of a lot of their scripted content. So they want to just go for reality, I think. So, um, 
yeah no i mean uh, yeah it's kind of a Thanks. quiet time so yeah yeah I did see the trailer for Blackberry, and you know it was like one of those icons of the sunny eighties. Definitely had the so even over here in the UK, well, nineties. But yeah, the, in fact, it was interesting you mentioned the uh, air thing having a montage. Mm. Uh, Blackberry early on has like a montage, but of stuff from like the nineties. Uh, so it's kind of uh, kind of same concept, but a different time period. Uh, and I actually saw one other thing as I saw the uh, the Ryan George videos, and yeah, I saw his take on on that film. Guardians of the Galaxy 3, so I thought that yeah. was pretty funny. Okay. So. Yeah, well, definitely, I think we'll talk about that towards when we go around. I think we all can just jump in and what we thought of that, because that was a big release. Uh, but just quickly go around. Um, thanks. Uh, uh, Lindsay, you've got your hand up. Uh, Hi, everyone. Oh, yeah, Lindsay. <laughs> Good to see you all again. It's been a long time. Um, yeah, actually, I've been watching a lot of stuff on Amazon um been doing quite a bit of that and i managed to to watch um a couple of shows so the first one was the incredible hulk from the 70s and i don't know if any of you are aware but when they were trying to audition for the hulk character itself before they chose louis ferrigno they actually did a short clip of richard keel who played jaws in the spy who loved me in moonraker when roger moore was doing it and there's a little clip of him as the Hulk, which is quite bizarre to think, really. But apparently he wasn't chosen because he was like too tall and too thin or something. Or too not thin, but too too slim for the role. So they went with Louis Ferrigno instead. Um, and we, yeah, I remember as a kid, whenever I saw him change into the, into the Hulk, it reminded me of when my dad used to get angry. So I used to leave the room, you know. So that, that was one show. And another one is Knight Rider. Uh, I've been watching a bit of Knight Rider and it's a bit annoying. You have to sometimes pay for, for things on Amazon, but I paid for a specific episode where Kit versus Carl, like the bad version of Knight Rider. And that was, that was just great fun. Just, just loved it. And I think there are actually two episodes that feature Carl. And I think it's the second one. I don't remember the names of the episodes, so I apologise. But in the last episode that Carl appeared, appeared in, he had like a yellow light going backwards and forwards instead of a red one like Night Rider did. So I just thought I'd share that with you. <laughs> oh, oh, it's good to see. Oh, love the 80s stuff there. Yeah, oh, great cool. TV stuff, though, from... Oh, that's on Amazon. Oh, that's good too. It is, good yeah. Too. Quantum Leap is as well. But Ooh, you have to pay for each nice. episode. It's like one eighty nine or one ninety nine or something. Okay. It's not bad. Okay. Okay, that's a good title. Too. They're they're Quantum Leap, great series. And the original Hulk. Yeah, great. Bill Bixby there. It's really mm-hmm. Jerry acting in. Uh, Mark, uh, you've got your hand up. Yeah, it's only a quick, Jason, only a quick one. As obviously at the time of this recording, I, I know who, for whoever's listening back, but at the time of this recording, it's the day of Eurovision and we got Eurovision later. One film that um, I thought of just as everyone was talking, it came to mind. There's a, a film with Will Ferrell called The Story of Fire Saga uh, from 2020. It's about Eurovision. So they are Icelandic, I think, himself. And um, there's a... The, la- the lady who is, I forget her name, but she's basically the female Rachel, goblin. Rachel Strange. McAdam. Rachel yes, McAdam. Yes. Yeah, thanks, Richard. Yeah, Rachel McFadden, yep. So, um, yeah, I think they're Icelandic in it, but it's it's okay. But Dan Stevens is particularly good in it as a Russian entry in the in the Eurovision. And um, it's quite, um, it, it is quite accurate. You know, it's done quite well. It's quite tongue-in-cheek, but it is done quite well in terms of how Eurovision is portrayed. Particularly Dan Stevens is quite... Uh, funny as a Eurovision 
a sort of, a sort of entrance. So for anyone who might be watching Eurovision tonight or at the time we're filming this, it's uh, on a Saturday, Saturday 12th of May. Or if you want something to sort of get you in the mood, that you can watch um, Eurovision, Fires, the story of Fire Saga. That's great. Great. We need that one. Yeah. Um, uh, Richard, you've got your hand up. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. What have you caught this last month or so? Yeah, uh, kind of a, a mixed bag, let's say. Um, in a way, but actually, but I watch several things, good and bad. Um, I try to follow up on things actually that have been mentioned before. Uh, I have watched Triangle of Sadness uh, actually recently as well. Um, and yeah, it's very difficult to actually to define this movie, to be honest, and even to tell what the genre is. Um, but I thought it was very definitely original. For me, it's like a mix between, uh, I don't know, um, I think James was saying the menu, yes, for sure. There is some um, common uh, common things with the menu movie, but also maybe with a lot of, lot of flies, <laughs> surprisingly. Um, but yeah, it was not, it, it was, uh, yeah, it, at least it was, it was different. Um, I'm not going to say the details, but yeah, just uh, a cruise that go terribly wrong, let's say. Um, and I recommend it. Um, also, you mentioned that several times, uh, Jason, you were talking about production by the Russo brothers, and I did watch The Grey Man, actually, eventually, oh. a few <laughs> weeks ago. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, I, oh, think yeah. I, 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 must, I must have been drunk on that night. So. It's the only way to watch uh, it, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, and it was... Oh, go ahead. No, yeah, I'll just, I'll just, I'd love to know what you thought of it. Ah, okay. Uh, uh, yeah, well, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was full of things that you've seen a thousand times, especially people who are attending this meetup probably have some knowledge of movies and TV shows, I guess. So, yeah, if you watch The Grey Man, I think you can literally predict every single next scene uh, because, yeah, it is, yeah, it, yeah, I, there is no, nothing actually but new in this movie. Uh, even it's it's that kind of movie that is just been made to have two or three big names uh, on the poster, which in that case is Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans, and uh, Anna Dermas, De uh, and that's the only reason why this movie exists, I guess. Um, so yeah, don't get fooled by the fact that actually that thing is. I don't think it's directed. I think it's just produced by the Russo brothers. I don't know if it's been directed by them. Uh, obviously, yeah, now Russo brothers have become just like a big name to put again on the on the poster. You think, oh, amazing. It's the guys who did Avengers. Okay, but yeah, but it doesn't work every time. That being said, I also watched, maybe a, a long time ago now, but I watched uh, another production by the Russo brothers by the, uh, fortunately, uh, the late uh, Chadwick Boseman called, I think, 21 Bridges. 21 Bridges. And it was a very good movie, actually. It was a decent movie, to, uh, I think. Uh, for what it is uh, so sometimes yeah sometimes actually they do good stuff but yeah don't get fooled um, um, also to follow up on things that have been said again uh, I, I watched last night so Air uh, that was on Amazon that uh, people mentioned already um, yeah it, it's uh, always interesting to watch a movie like this that, uh, because it it's very close to a documentary in a way because it tells a true story about something that actually that we don't know about, uh, let's say the, the rise of Nike, whatever. So yeah, it's more, it's very informative in a way. Uh, now I wasn't, to be honest, I wasn't blown away by uh, by the movie itself. Um, they, they try, they try in this movie to 
make every single scene like actually a very big, important historical moment every time. But every time I'm thinking, yeah, but it's only about shoes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to say about I mean, of course, it's a big deal because at some point there is a very good scene between Matt Damon. Uh, I will not go into what well, there's no spoiler to be honest, but there is a good scene between Matt Damon and Jason Bateman. And that Matt Damon is literally risking the whole company on one single basketball player, uh, obviously, Michael Jordan. And Matt Damon has literally kind of nothing to lose. He's, a, he's single, doesn't have uh, children or wife, whatever. But Jason Batman is very, very around. He has, uh, he has a kid, he's divorced, etc. And if he loses his job, in a way, he's trying to make it clear that actually he and other people actually might lose everything. So, uh, yes, it's a big deal. And it must have been actually a crazy challenge and a crazy, great victory, etc. But in the end, yeah, it's... Uh, it's very funny when you think actually that you yeah, make a, a big thing about not Michael Jordan, but his shoes. A movie about Michael Jordan would be amazing, but a movie about his shoes is very strange. And, and then also one quote by Jason Maitman that make me laugh. And then there is a callback that actually got very emotional, that worked. But there is a quote in that movie by Jason Maitman, and he says uh, something like, uh, a shoe is a sh- I think it's a shoe is a shoe until someone steps into it, then it becomes more than a shoe. And I'm thinking, what? <laughs> <laughs> because it, it, it was just said in the middle of the movie, I was thinking, what did you just, and, and it is said, and with the sound in the music, etc. you think, wow, that's very wise. And I was thinking, no, that's not wise. It's just, yeah, when I'm going for a run, I, I wear my new balance. I can wear them and before, during, and after my run, I, the, my shoes remain my shoes. I mean, they don't become anything else. And I don't become something else just because I run with my new, my new balance. Anyway, but then this there is a callback when Matt Damon is doing his speech that he's going to convince Michael Jordan. And it makes more sense because it says actually that obviously if you have a huge celebrity or huge sports legend wear your shoes, of course, they become legendary as well. So, okay. Fair enough, but it doesn't work the first time around. Anyway, but that made me laugh. Uh, anyway, so I, I, yeah, because it's Michael Jordan and because it's one of the greatest athletes of all time, that movie works sometimes, but yeah, not all the time. I don't know how to explain this, but yeah, it, I don't think the emotional parts of the movie works for me. Oh. Um, and uh, then uh, what else? Um, oh, yeah, obviously, yeah, well, uh, I'm... Uh, Jason was saying actually that probably other people have seen this movie because it was the big release. So I, I watched the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, in in movie theater. Um, I understand that this movie has uh, uh, divisive opinions uh, because um, I, I'm not sure actually that some people actually enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, I understand that people actually didn't like the animal cruelty part of the movie. I don't think actually that they realized actually that. This is a sci-fi movie, and uh, we're talking about uh, a talking raccoon. So I'm not sure that actually there was much animal cruelty. In that movie. Anyway, um, but uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that movie. Um, I, the reason why, and that's coming from someone actually who is less and less interested in the MCU uh, as the years go. Uh, I really, uh, I, I think the exception is the Guardians of the Galaxy because I believe that the, the guys behind the camera ma- uh, managed with this trilogy uh, to do something kind of independent 
from the rest of the MCU, kind of their own story. And you can see how important it is to have one person who know where he wants this character to go, characters to go. And uh, if you watch the three, three movies within like a week or two, you can see actually that uh, in a way it makes sense, let's say, for the characters. Um, this movie definitely has a feeling of, first of all, closure, but also a feeling, uh, I want to say like, in the first movie, you, you have the fact that they, these people are getting together, not because they want to, but because of the circumstances. And in a way, they bond, uh, they, they create a bond between them, them because of the events around them by the end of the first movie. Then in the second movie, each there is a character development for each one of them. And now in this one, there is clearly the idea that first, can they live like this forever or should they just settle, settle in and uh, and focus on themselves? So I think, yeah, there is a good, uh, good ideas behind all of this, uh, quite realistic, actually. Um, even myself actually could actually identify on this process, let's say, uh, in your life, actually with different steps in your life, what you want uh, from other people, from what, from you, for yourself. So I thought it was well done to answer that part. And even the, let's say, the, the more MCU part of the movie with, uh, with the big villain, et cetera, and his plan and et cetera, I thought it was done, the, the good, well done. I mean, the, the villain is actually a villain. Um, I know it's not saying much, but he's actually uh, one of the best villain of the MCU, in my opinion, because he is clearly actually uh, a bad guy, let's say. Uh, it's it's satisfying to see uh, him actually being defeated. So he's spoiler alert, but you guess actually that obviously he's not going to win. Um, and um, yeah, and, and surprisingly, in my opinion, the there's a lot of scenes about um, the past of Rocket Raccoon and how he became who he is, etc. And and surprisingly, these scenes worked because they were very emotional, etc. And you and and when I was going home, I was thinking, my God, actually, they, it worked on me. Scenes about a rocket raccoon, about a raccoon, and his friends, etc. It's actually well well done if uh, it works on the emotional level, let's say. Um, so yeah, overall, I think it's a it's a good let's say mini franchise within the MCU, and. Uh, I hope there won't be another one, but apparently there is going to be another one. It would be good, actually, if they just finish, like, they finish it like this, like, three movies, end of story. There is apparently rumors of a fourth one coming without James Gunn. There is also post-credit scenes saying, actually, that this character will come back, etc. Wonderful. Um, well, that's the problem with Disney, Marvel, and a lot of studios, actually, they don't know how to end something in a good note. They uh, try to make it, but anyway... Uh, yeah, that's that's unfortunate, but yeah, I enjoyed it uh, very much. So, so yeah, so let me do. Okay, oh, thanks. Yeah, quite mostly positive reviews on that. Um, I'll give off. But um, uh, Powell, hello there. Got your hand up. Um, hi. So yeah. I wasn't sure if you just want to go around and ask everyone, or should I raise my hand? Oh yeah, yes, raise your hand and just helps me know that you. Um, Okay. When I you know, when I share something that you've seen. Okay, sure. So, I didn't anyway, know how yeah. much time we've got. So. Uh, yeah, we've got um, fifteen minutes. No right, so yeah, don't worry. Okay, yeah, go for um, it. I'm essentially watching everything, so I have all of the subscription plans, and I'm watching way too many things. 
<laughs> which prevents me from writing my own stuff actually <laughs> but i do love uh, you know apple tv and like slow horses and extrapolations so really extrapolations is amazing because it's like a drama anthology where they show you what will go wrong in terms of the climate crisis and it's like every you know episode one is like 2037 and then we move on to 46 47 59 and so on so we see all the whales dying out we see you know tornadoes and dust everywhere and i'm really enjoying it right now i'm kind of halfway through <laughs> so i still didn't binge watch it but i can really recommend apple tv and uh, extrapolations especially um yeah and i'll leave it at that for the moment i'm curious what why the um, apple tv shows you, you kind of think uh you know um are pretty good or you've caught because i got obviously you've got apple tv but what other series would you recommend i know this is uh how is this um psychologist show i think it's got harrison ford in it uh have you seen it or aware of it yeah shrinking i think it was called i think ah, it's yeah. kind of fun it's still on my to to watch list mm-hmm. yeah. um but uh yeah well, anything else that you've seen on the other these or something when i um, the thing is, I was like on an on a flight to California and back, so I watched like five movies each, <laughs> back and forth. So I watched like nine to ten movies, uh, Banshees of Inisherin and The Whale. So yeah, I watched all of the Academy yeah. movies. So yeah, The Whale is kind of fun. So I'd say if you still didn't see it, saw it recently. It was amazingly mm-hmm. still showing it as well. I was saying a few weeks ago after all the. Oscars and all that, and it was still showing to quite a fairly full house. And um, it, yeah, it was worth. I, I liked it. There were some of our previous uh, regulars saying it was a bit overrated, but I liked it for what it was. It was kind of good, good to see um, Brendan Fraser um, just just acting and just you know without the the earlier part of his career where he's obviously you know come this this action man or kind of like you know kind of like almost a himbo. But here is he kind of just does some really solid uh work um and it's more, it, it does feel like a, of a play which obviously its route is in but uh it was just good to see a film like that and get the attention that it did because it's you know it's, it's a good performance it's really strong leads as well the daughter and him and his um his carer who's i think got some got nods at least who's also in the menu as well strangely enough one of the maitre d's or something like that of the uh, of the menu with our finds uh it's good to see it before so i i liked it i i i occasionally i liked it then more than some of the so yeah the menu was. um thanks yeah thanks for that um right, if anyone else wants to just jump in randomly now um if anyone wants to put their own opinion on what Guardians of the galaxy if anyone else watched it or what they thought or anything else then um jump in uh i want to talk about anything else for the time uh at amy hello amy Hi. Um, I was actually just kind of going through a lot of um, older films at the moment, so I was just wondering if you guys had any recommendations. I've been watching things like Casablanca and Singing in the Rain and Breakfast at Tiffany's, but they don't have to be that kind of genre. And I was just wondering if you guys had any kind of things that you really like that are classics but are worth watching instead of just being like, you know, everyone has to watch it at least once. I want to actually it's enjoy probably, it. Yeah, a very long list. That's, I'm just trying to think. It just depends on what genre. Are you talking about like musicals or like romantic dramas or what? what, what? 
what type of genre or because that's like a bunch of genres you just mentioned i mean i do enjoy like the romantic ones and i do like a musical but basically i'm just kind of broadening my horizons a bit and want to see what you guys see as like classics even if you know no one else agrees i just want to know yeah because i mean you say when you say musicals because i saw i mean it came a little bit later but um musicals like one was uh the music man with Robert Preston and uh, Shirley Jones. And that's from the early 60s. It was adapted from the Broadway uh, show. And then it got revived relatively recently. I don't think it's still on, though. Um, it was revived relatively recently on Broadway with Hugh Jackman and Sun Foster. Uh, so, um, but the film itself was from, this, this particular version is from 1962. And then uh, this other film that I saw, also from the 60s, more in the later 60s, was the movie version of Camelot. Uh, the original Broadway cast had, I guess, Richard Burton, I think Julie Andrews and Robert Goulet. But I saw the movie version, and, and this had a different Richard, Richard Harris, uh, Vanessa Redgrave, and Franco Nero, Nero. And it's basically like a story of like King Arthur and Lancelot and Guinevere. Basically that, but done in a musical format. So... Um, I think it was from Lerner and Lowe, the ones that did the musical. So that's if you want to do musicals. I'm not familiar with the romantic films. I mean, oh, actually, there is one. I guess it's kind of a romance, even though it's not. Uh, and that's Roman Holiday, uh, Audrey Hepburn and uh, Gregory Peck. And uh, that's from like the early 50s. It's, I guess, one of them. Um, I don't know if it was her first film, but one of, certainly one of Audrey Hepburn's earlier films. So... Uh, yeah, and then if you're more into, I mean, I don't know if you're into film noir, but I was just going to say something like Out of the Past, which is a Robert Mitchum film. Uh, that's pretty good, but it's kind of dark, bleak, because it's uh, film noir, or something like Sunset Boulevard, which I actually saw a stage musical adaptation of recently. Um, but that's that's pretty good. But that's also kind of noirish, kind of dark. So yeah, I mean, there's a whole bunch of classic films. It's just a question of what you're into and then there's sci-fi stuff, but that's a whole other thing. Yeah, that's brilliant. I mean, that's a list right there. So thank you, Andrew. Uh, a friend did ask, actually, she had a recommendation. She was, again, going through old classics just like you. And, and I don't know where you'll find them. I guess Amazon Prime, but maybe even uh, ITVX. She said she just recently saw, I don't know if you've seen it, it was um, The Graduate with Dustin Hoffman. That's 1967. I don't know if you've seen that, Amy, but I think that's quite a... It's almost like a romantic comedy, but it's a bit of a darker edge to it. But it's, uh, uh, but yeah, that's probably put Dustin Hoffman on the map. On the map, you know. But uh, yeah, I'd recommend that one as well. It's pretty. It's, it's a good kind of like a rather satire in the suburbs. Kind of, but uh, yeah, um, well, many yeah, of them yeah, like catch, too, yeah, catch that one. Yeah, thank you. Right. Uh, oh yeah, and um, okay. As got some more suggestions coming. One Flew Over the Cuckoo Nest, definitely Richard. That's Jack Nicholson. Uh, that is a very great drama, actually. Uh, quite a few Oscar wins on that release. Again, that's from, I can't remember. I think 75. 75. 75. Yeah, yeah. yeah actually, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is one of only three films to, quote-unquote, sweep the Oscars, or sweep the major awards at the Oscars. The other two being it happened one night and uh, Silence of the Lambs. So, another romantic comedy, yeah. And that came out Valentine's Day, actually, Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> but uh, anyway, later viewing. Right. Uh, well, that one, well, thanks. That was a good roundup of what's on streaming and cinema and easy.
We hope you enjoyed this film and TV review.com episode. Catch the latest film and TV reviews, together with regular episode content from the world of film and TV every week. See you soon. Would you like to reach our film and TV review podcast audience? Do you have a product or service of interest to film and TV home consumers or followers of the entertainment industry? Have a film or show production to publicize? For affordable price plans for all budgets, get in touch and find out about our introductory advertising options. Reach our audience of film and TV viewers and visit our site contact page at filmandtvreview.com, or you can email us at business at filmandtvreview.com. Reach out today.